You're listening to the Sixers Beat with your host, Derek Bodner, right here on LibertyBallers.com and LibertyBroadcast.co. All right, welcome everybody. I am Derek. I'm joined by Rich and Kyle in person at the Sixers training facility in Camden as the Sixers just wrapped up training camp earlier this afternoon, about I guess about a half an hour ago. No major injuries. Ben Simmons joked about that. He said that they were tied in the scrimmage at the end of camp and uh, had about two minutes left and he told them to stop it because, as you remember, he landed on a foot on the final day of camp last year. They have a game on a, a scrimmage, not a game, on Sunday and the first preseason game on Wednesday. Things seem to be going in the right direction. It's As you said, it's very nice for the team to have emerged from training camp relatively unscathed. I know we haven't seen Joel Embiid full force yet, but he took an important step today playing some half-court five-on-five, and I think... That in itself tells you that they've just been cautious this whole time more than they're actively worried about anything that's going on with him. Because as much as there are concerns about Okafor and Luau Cabarro that they've missed time here, if Embiid misses time, that is obviously a much bigger deal. So good to see him on the up and up. Yeah, I guess just real quick since you brought it up, injury-wise, Okafor was, Jaleel Okafor that is, was a full participant today, uh, full five-on-five. Five. First day has been been a full participant. He started off the week kind of doing individualized workouts on the side, ramped it up to some five-on-fives the way I think they originally described it, and went full go today. Embiid did half-court five-on-five. Still not a full go. Seemed like he was a mi- uh, not a minor participant, but was limited a little bit in what he was able to do. And TLC still seems like he's he's a little bit away with his tendonitis. Uh, he was still working on his own towards the side. So with the exception of TLC, it seems like everybody is, is making progress. And I think when camp started, that was one of the big uncertainties uh, that, you know, there was so much ambiguity and vagueness with Embiid and that he was such a crucial part to what they do that the fact that he was now playing half court five on five is a, a real step in the right direction. And it's good news for us, too, because I don't know about you guys. I am so tired of writing about injuries. <laughs> yes. I'm so sick of talking to doctors and asking, you know, what type of meniscus like has been injured. It's just I, I want to write about basketball. And on that front, like Derek said, yeah, it's they seem to be doing pretty well. Obviously, there was big news last week when they were super vague about Joel's injury, and while you know that that set off alarm bells in everybody's head there still was the possibility that they were just being super conservative. And it just seems like for the Sixers, the idea of playing five-on-five basketball, that last hurdle, whether it's a team issue or the players, it's probably a little bit of both. They, I mean, that's a wall to jump over. Like, they are not going to fudge that last step. And with Embiid playing half-court five-on-five today, it seems like that's what the case was. They're yeah. being super conservative, and they're still going to be conservative because, you know, they they specified that he's not running up and down the floor yet. But yes, as far as the most important thing this year, Joel Embiid's health, seems like they had a pretty good training camp in that regard. Yeah, they're getting off to a good start, and 
they're going to need it because I know we've talked about this previously, but this season is not going to get off to an easy start. That opening slate is real difficult. They play Washington. They play Boston. They go on a West Coast road trip. Uh, so, I mean, they have to clear a lot of early hurdles. The last thing they need is to add on top of that more complications for Joel Embiid that probably could be avoided just by taking the conservative, the methodical approach right now. So it's probably the right move. I mean, ultimately we'll see how it plays out. You can take all the right steps and still have things go wrong, especially with someone who has the health history he does. But everything's yep. on the right track for the time being. Yeah, I mean, you talked about the early schedule. they got a five-game Western road trip in, uh, in early November. Now, granted, some of these teams, you know, you've got Sacramento, you've got the Lakers, not great competition. Then you've got two teams really in flux in Los Angeles and Utah, and we'll see how well Utah can score the basketball. But that's still a five-game Western road trip. That still includes the Golden State Warriors. They have, what is it, 10 of the first 15 on the road to start with. Not a, not the best for a team that is ramping up their health and has so many new pieces. And new pieces, especially that are rookie playmakers, which is that's a, a huge creative and mental burden for both Ben Simmons and Markel Fultz. So it's going to be a big early test for those two. I'm going to call you out a little bit. Score the basketball. Did I, did I say score the basketball? Yeah, it's, it's a pet peeve of mine. But, you know, I'll, I'll forgive you, buddy. Okay, here's a question for you two. What do, do, you, uh, do you think Embiid plays at all during the preseason, and if so, when? I would guess that he plays at least in that game that's in Kansas City because I feel like a, a big part of that draw was supposed to be him being there because it's, it's not – in his for, his former college, but it's it's near there. It's a lot of the a, good point. a lot of the people who will be making that trek will be people who watch them in Lawrence, and so I don't. The team and the doctors are certainly not gearing his whole preseason thing around that. But all things being equal, if there's a game that he's going to play, it's definitely going to be that one. So if they can get him up to speed in the meantime during practices, get him running up and down the floor maybe play him in limited minutes in that game, and then you see him full go once the regular season starts. I feel like that's a, a realistic time frame we could be looking at. It's also the last game, too. Yeah, right. So, so it gives them plenty of time to get him his his win, his wind up, as they've been saying. What do you think? you think he's, he's going to play it all for the preseason, or are they kind of put him in bubble wrap before the uh, the Washington game on opening night? Yeah, so first game, first preseason game that we're talking about here is Wednesday. Uh, next Wednesday, so that would be, you know, what, five days from now. Um, then you got five games in nine days. So it's a, a really short preseason. I think they probably try to sneak him in last game, the last two games, give him a 10-minute run, something just to kind of get his energy level up a little bit. I don't know, though. I think it's going to be real close. Like, the fact that he hasn't practiced five-on-five five with so many preseason games in such a short amount of time, I'm not sure how much time they're going to get to really ramp that up before he gets into game action. It'll, it'll be close. Yeah, and it, it's a question, too, of, like, how much five-on-five five practice do you need before you can play in an actual NBA basketball game? Yeah. Does that mean if he, if he doesn't play a lot of five-on-five five in the preseason and, and the preseason games, does that mean he can only play 10, 15 minutes opening night? I don't know. But, you know, as far as he's concerned, it does seem like he's moving on the right path. I think we were talking about this before. Last year, there were just so many setbacks. I mean, besides the Simmons injury, you know, Okafor had this 
load the, management yeah, thing. Weird need. Yeah, that was ongoing for what seemed like the entire year almost. Jared Bayless, we had no idea what was going on with him last year. And as as far as that's concerned this year, I mean, we, we still need to see a little more from TLC, but the, you know, the big question mark, that seems to be moving in the right direction at least. Yeah. Uh, well, so I know I guess we can get into our big camp takeaways now. Well, I, I will say I think what I feel more confident in now than I did before camp, I don't know how much Embiid's going to play in the preseason. I do feel a little more confident that on October 18th, when a regular season starts, he will be playing. And like you said, that might be 10 or 15 minutes. I don't know. But I do feel more confident he will be ready to go. Are, are you saying we know he's going to play, if not, if, all, if, if at it, all, yeah, right, on, on right. opening night? I'm sure he'll play, if at all, yeah. But a lot of minutes, too. Right, sure. Okay. <laughs> or some. Some. We'll see. But maybe not any. Okay, yeah, but I, I do think. I, I would say that would be my major takeaway from that is I'm pretty sure he's going to play in Washington opening night. Barring any setbacks. Here. Yeah, uh, I would agree with that. Um, so I know we, we've talked about this before we got on the podcast a little bit. The big thing that I seem to learn or the, the vibe I could feel watching them play and talking to everybody is that with Joel off to the side on his own for a lot of camp, that Ben Simmons has really been taking sort of a leadership role both in terms of Obviously, his responsibility within the offense being the a real point guard. I mean, we saw him bring the ball up the court pretty much every time we saw any kind of live action, and that includes in groups where he was paired with Markel Fultz. There was, I don't believe that I saw any drills where those two were paired together where Ben did not bring the ball up the floor, which was it was pretty jarring. I mean, I know that Fultz is has said he's going to play off ball. The coaching staff has said that. He's comfortable there. But it was still a little weird to see that. And then also the other thing was seeing Ben be a little more vocal than we've seen in the past. And that includes stuff that goes beyond basketball too. That was He was he spoke out about some of the, the protests and the politics that are surrounding sports right now. And I never really saw him as that type of guy before. He was very much the – about his brand and Mr. Corporate and sort of playing the, we are right over there, Derek. Okay. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Just making sure. Um, So he kept everything on the straight and narrow for the most part. And now I think you're starting to see a little bit more of his, his personality and some other things shine through. And that seems part of that is because he just has the confidence of being in an NBA program for an extra year. But I think another part of that is just, knowing that when Joel is not there that he needs to to take the reins and to step up more so than he he would with somebody like that alongside him. Yeah, and I mean as far as him bringing the ball up like the the first day when we got to see him scrimmage, I know Brett had said it the whole offseason. He's going to be our point guard and I know that was a boring question after a while because his answer was the same every time. But to see him running their basic motion offense, like the same thing Sergio Rodriguez was doing last year, it was jarring to me. But he he also looked pretty good doing it, too. And I I think, in general, I mean, look, again, we we only saw a couple of minutes of scrimmaging, a couple minutes of shooting. You really can't. I can't. For those listening, I think they have this picture that we really see a lot of what they're doing. We see 15 minutes. A lot of times it's shooting drills. Sometimes you'll get some... You know, there were some five-on-zero drills we saw, and there's only so much you can take away from that. You can take some scheme things away from that, but not, not how well a player is playing, how how good they are to go for the regular season. 
some very small amounts of five on five, but it's it's really small. It's really small. And look, we'll film all of it to try and get the retweets <laughs> and, and the social media engagement. Don't don't get us wrong here. Um, but yeah, there's not a lot to take. It, it, I think the main thing that you could take from it was that when Ben and Markel play, Markel's going to be on the wing and Ben's going to be bringing the ball up, and that's that's just the way that it's at least going to start. I mean, we have no idea what that offense will look like against a regular defense when the when the game happens. But yeah, Ben is is going to be be the guard, and I I will say this about Ben: I'm not sure how he's going to play. Like to your point, Derek, I I posted a video of him making like a let's say like an eight foot jumper, a nice little pull up, Justin yeah. Anderson going on the screen. Oh, his shot looks better with some of the feedback Suddenly I'm getting. He's like the best jump shooter in the world. <laughs> no, let's 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 slow your roll on that one. But I will say it does. He does seem to be moving well and. The idea, I mean, Kyle, I know you wrote about this a little bit yesterday. The idea of him having that redshirt year, I think it's at least in play that it could be as beneficial as the two redshirt years were for Joel. Yeah, I mean, it's 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 like you said. You brought up the jump shot. How many jump shots do we think he took while we were watching in-game action this week? Not just him. We barely saw jump shots, at period, all. unless all. they were in a, a drill, which is not really – I mean, that's just guys standing around the perimeter. JJ. I felt like I saw JJ running off a bunch of screens, especially that first day, yeah. because they're going to run something that, that he's really going to do in games. But more or less, these drills are designed to kind of show off the motion of the offense, get guys moving, make the screens and the cuts that they're designed to, and that's going to end up in a lot of a lot of layups at this stage. So it's a really good point that – yeah, you might have tweeted out that video of Ben making a contested jump shot. That might be the only one we saw all week. Yeah. Yeah. Um, let's see. Where are we going next? I guess. But he looks good. I, you know, I'm not, I'm not yeah, selling not, any, I'm I don't not want selling to take anything bench. away from him. He definitely was. Certainly not selling Ben oh, no, when, Simmons' when he's stock in the open based court, off this. this when he's in, especially in a setting like this, he's going to look really good in the open floor. Yeah. He's yeah. going to look really good. Um, he had a couple plays where I know there was one play in transition where there was the the opposing defense was a little hesitant to to pick him up around the perimeter, and he just blew by him, went in opposite and dunk within like a second. Yeah. And that's that's the type of thing that he needs to exploit because open court is going to be where he makes his money before the jump shot comes, especially early, early in the season, early in his career. Really, it could be a couple of years. Before we really see that uh, action in game, where he's he's making those pull up jump shots that I think we all believe he's going to need to in the half court. Yeah. Um, all right, real quick from Fandle. If you're like me, and, and judging by Kyle's shit basketball takes, uh, I'm assuming Kyle as well. You're probably annoyed at the results <laughs> of your fantasy football draft, which threatens to ruin your entire season. Uh, maybe it's not even your fault, and you're going to spend the rest of the season wondering whether Kelvin Benjamin's knee is going to hold up. That doesn't have to be the case. With FanDuel, there are new contests each week starting at just $1. Pick a contest, choose your team, and watch your score in real time. Over 2.5 million players have already won a cash prize playing fantasy sports on FanDuel, and you can be next. Sign up today with no deposit required to try to win your share of $10,000. Try FanDuel for free by going to FanDuel.com, click on the Join Now button, and use our promo code SIXERSBEAT. It's all one word. FanDuel.com, promo code SIXERSBEAT, void where prohibited. 
So right. with that out of the way, is that our first live? That's live, our first live read. read that's, a, yeah. that's really nice, Derek. Good well, job. This is our first real live podcast in a where we're all together. So yes, one take. This guy's a professional. Uh, <laughs> well, not, we don't have to go on a whole sidetrack here, but Russell Westbrook just signed a two hundred five million dollar extension with well, Oklahoma City. That's the one that's been long rumored, but not official. Yeah, but that, I mean that's a big deal for them because him leaving. Uh, if he had left. They're they're in real trouble because Paul George and Carmelo are not guys that I would have foreseen staying on their own. Well, not only that, but yeah, exactly because Paul George has what one year left and yeah. Carmelo has two, so that was a team that could have been in real flux. Yeah, so I was told he was bound for the Lakers all all of last year, and when I mean told, Russell? I mean by every Lakers fan out there. So seems like a uh, real shame. Couldn't happen to nicer people than <laughs> Lakers fans. <laughs> Also great that, well, it doesn't matter for the pick, but I'm so used to worrying about the future for these teams that, you know, I've been thinking of what will happen with that Lakers pick and what could impact that for, seems like half a decade now, but that will be, that will be over as of this year, finally. Yeah. Um, anyway, sorry about that hiatus. Other yeah. main takeaways. It's basketball related. I think yeah. that's okay. You yeah. know, we had, no, it's, it's, it's topical, uh, breaking too. We had Mark Hill's shooting form. And free throw gate, where he put up that free throw, really much more of a in front of his face push shot, and everybody kind of panicked. From us here locally to ESPN guys, I know Mike Schmitz uh, had a reaction as well because it was so jarring how different it was. We asked Brett yesterday about it, and Brett's response was basically like, you know, hey, he went out, he did that on his own. I think he might be fixing that something that didn't necessarily need to be fixed. Then Markell yesterday basically said, no, nah, I'm just, I'm screwing around. When, when we get to game action in the preseason, it will look like it did at Washington. You know, I guess, do you guys care that he's screwing around? Do you think he might actually be looking to make some pretty significant changes? And do you think he needs any real changes? Well, so, so this is the only shooting video that, that I think has any wait over the past couple of days. I, I'll put it that way. I guess we can get into that a little later. You saying you saying uh, JJ and and Covington and who who's the third guy in that group? Oh, I, don't somebody, I think it was Justin Anderson, Anderson shooting missing like six in a row isn't cause for a huge concern. I I I'm, personally panic. I'm not concerned. <laughs> I'm not concerned. And uh, the Cubster was uh, he was he was a little fired up today at uh at, at, during the. Post practice, talking a little shooting smack to reporters. Yeah, talking a lot of smack <laughs> to reporters. Y'all better, <laughs> y'all better film this. <laughs> <Buckets>. <laughs> yeah. And then he, he he then directed that smack a little bit towards Poland, who he was shooting against. But yeah, he was he was fired up today. He was fired up. Listen, I, I, I ain't mad at him. Yeah, hey man, that's you know that's that's competitiveness there. Yeah, I, I will say I, I'm stunned at how much that took off. I oh, know. it was crazy. I mean, look, I I guess because. I mean, I know that we don't. We already mentioned we don't get much time with the players. The people at home get much less on a daily basis at a practice, so they don't see. I mean, they see highlights that get tweeted out. Very rarely do they see something like that. But look, it happens. These are guys that are trying to. They're at a practice. They're trying to get better for when the lights are actually on and they need to compete for real. So, I don't. I don't understand why it became such a. A yeah. huge thing, but and, and by the way, I it was funny. I, I made a a point of watching both Covington and Anderson shoot, and at one point, both of them made ten in a row. 
Both of them. Justin Anderson. Ted Coving- Covington, for a guy who has been – I mean, look, he's come out the last two years and he's struggled. He's looked real good these, this camp. I would say he's been one of the better guys at camp in terms of shooting. And Agreed. shooting is something, you know, we, we talk a lot about what you can take away in this environment. Shooting's one of those things you absolutely can't. Good, bad, it doesn't matter. Because there's just, first of all, for some of these guys are just getting back into the real habit of taking a lot of shots over the course of a day. But also it's just there's not enough time to let, especially with what we're able to see, there's not enough time to remove variants. But I will say Covington, by and large, especially you remove that one little clip, he's looked real good so far in camp. And, and unfortunately for those guys, they, they play for a team that was the butt of everybody's jokes for three right. straight years. And it's, you know, when Twitter finds something that's that easy, they're they're going to run with it. The uh, the constant need for memes and, and, and jokes, it, you know, it, sometimes it can come and bite you. Now, as far as Fultz is concerned, I guess we we took a little bit yeah, of a tangent. A bit there. of a detour. Sure. They, uh, I, I guess the the thing that I am worried about, and again, we we have not really seen him shoot too many live action jump shots. So so really, we're kind of just talking around the main issue here. I, my worry about this is that if if he's shooting just his free throws like this, how does that affect his main shot? Because at Washington, he was not a good free throw shooter, and that was one of the concerns, or as much of a concern as you could have about a number one pick, was that for some reason he wasn't a good jump shooter, despite the fact he was like an elite mid-range shooter with all those contested jumpers. And that's my worry, because that that mid-range jump shot, that's going to be a big part of his his value in the NBA. And if he's tweaking his free throw form, and it, it doesn't look totally smooth in front of his face, it looks a little disjointed, I guess my concern about that would be, what does that do to your regular jump shot? And we'll just have to see about that. Yeah, and I thought it was it was, and I wrote about this yesterday. It was very interesting to me that Brett Brown essentially said that's all Mark Hell's doing. Like that the coaching yeah. staff had not really instructed him to make any big changes, and that he'd been working with his personal trainer, and that they're almost having him back here. They're trying to get him back into what made him successful, which is it's really rare that you would see that in a situation where a guy's the number one pick. He obviously was very, very successful doing things a certain way. And then without any sort of instruction from his, his new NBA coaching staff, he is completely re, potentially anyway, revamping something that I don't know, maybe doesn't necessarily have to be revamped. I'd like, Yes, he needs to do better at the free throw line than mid 60%. I think we can all agree on that. But I don't know that that means that he needs to totally change his mechanics there. Because like you said, Rich, my bigger concern, and we won't really see what this will look like until the games actually happen. But my bigger concern would be how that would translate to his jump shot. Because I I wouldn't want anything to happen to his mid-range ability he obviously has to extend his range a little bit to hit the NBA three, but he shot something like 41% from college three last year. So I, I, my hope is just that nothing would happen in either of those areas because yes, he needs to improve, but even if he was a, if he was a 70 to 75% free throw shooter and he shot those same percentages from mid range and three, That's fine. you will absolutely live with that any day of the week. Yeah, don't don't change up what got you here. Yeah. And the the thing is, too, just as a basketball player, 
I can't really think of a ton of great shooters whose free throws were drastically different from their shot. Maybe maybe Rick Barry doing the underhand shot, but yeah. I think that's something totally different. We can nitpick his free throw form a little bit. I know I know Mike was looking at that, and you know I think there's a little bit of a hitch in it, but sixty five percent is something to at least work, you know, build upon. He certainly made the shots at a high level in games, especially that pull up Hezzy Jimbo. Hezzy Jimbo. Uh, you know, I am definitely worried, and was you taken really aback. know hoops, Derek. <laughs> um, and was taken aback when he changed that dramatically. We'll see what happens. You know, starting next Wednesday, we'll see see exactly what changes in game. I, if he came out and he said, "Don't expect anything to change," it does seem like it is maybe. You know, I think the way we were about to react yesterday when Brett was like, "Hey, I don't know why he did that." I think it definitely got muted quite a bit when he came out. Yeah. The uh, yeah, it just was a weird quote from Brett because I I didn't expect coming into the camp. I knew John Townsend, the shooting coach, was going to be working with Ben. That's sort of like the reason he's here. <laughs> Basically, that's his own personal coach. I did not expect Markel to be his second pupil. It was not something that I saw. It wasn't something that his college tape and performance suggested he was going to need a drastic overhaul from the shooting coach, but. You know, there, there's a chance we're we're at that point right now, and you know, I you know, we'll, we'll start to see next week, but it, it is out more in front of his face. I, you know, this is a guy who made a lot of contested jump shots in college at a, at a really high rate, and I do wonder, like, put the ball out in front of your face, maybe that becomes harder. Oh, and he he does not need a lower release point. A guy that really lives on that pull up jumper like he does, he does not. He definitely does not need a lower release point. It, We'll see. I don't. I really don't want to make too big of a deal out of this, considering his comments and and considering we saw, you know, a couple of free throws. It's 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 kind of <laughs> it like really is preposterous. It, it really is. It, it, goes back, it goes back to people reacting to that video about them missing a couple shots. When you have so little information, you make a bigger deal out of what you do have. And yeah. I think I think you could make that case for a lot of training camp, to be honest. For sure. Well, you guys heard Lonzo Ball is smoking his his teammates. Winning a lot he's, of he's, scrimmages. He's like fifteen and zero in scrimmages right now. So, hey man, Nay Brown fucking killed it. He <laughs> killed it in camp every year. <laughs> every year. I'm trying to think. Yeah, like Paul Turner. Uh, I'm trying to think if there was any other standout. Well, Clement, uh, the, he was the big preseason guy for the Eagles this year. Yeah, and now he's now he's scoring touchdowns. So yeah. maybe maybe Lonzo maybe. Ball is going to be great. Uh, because of Corey Clement, yeah, I, it, it is true though that we're just, you know, we're, we're basically for anything. Yeah, we we got a little nugget of basketball information. They just gave us like a little taste, and we're trying to run with it as much as we can. So basically, we understand this whole podcast doesn't really mean anything, guys. Thanks, well, it, thanks for listening. We're, we're like Seinfeld, the podcast about nothing. <laughs> it's good that you told them that twenty six minutes in, though, because if you start off the podcast with that, it might impact our. Uh, our numbers. All right, anything else to really take away? Anything else you really want to promote? We all, all three of us have different outlets than we did last year. Kyle, of course, at Philly Voice, and Rich, along with myself, over at The Athletic. Yeah, it's, uh, it's nice actually being full-time doing this so I can see your ugly mug some more <laughs> and uh, watch a lot of basketball. That'll be, uh, be a fun new adventure this year. So hopefully we, uh, we get to do a lot more of these in person too because it makes it easier – then when, obviously, the people at home don't know this, we do most of them over Skype, yep. and we can't see each other, which leads to talking over each other, and you don't have those context clues to just... My yeah. Skype isn't 
going in and out, out and, and I'm <laughs> saying, oh, where are you guys talking about? Uh, Julia Okafor? Uh, okay, yeah. No, it'll, and, and I mean, with the, you know, we have now five people that are on the podcast with some frequency. We shuffle in and out a little bit, but four out of the five of us are, are here and, and on a pretty regular basis. So we should be able to do a bunch of these in person, maybe get a guest or two to join us, hopefully iron out some of these audio issues that I'm sure when I listen back to this, we will have, but it is, yeah, it, it's good to be here. Good to be, have basketball back. Good to have games back starting next week, even if they're, they're meaningless games that, that, um, you know, who knows? We'll probably see a lot more of, you know, Amir Johnson and Chris Humphreys than we do Joel Embiid, but they're at least basketball being played. Yeah. And hey, we got some good quotes on Media Day. Amir Johnson telling us about Rashid Wallace's advice on how to gain weight, drinking beer. You're all lying. <laughs> he, I am very, there are a couple of people that I'm really up, there are some people that I'm very happy weren't playing during the social media area. Lenny, Lenny Dykstra jumps out as one that he just seems like he would have been unbearable back then when I actually cared about him and would have followed him. Uh, Rashid is one that I wish. I'm so sad that he wasn't on social media while he was playing. AI, too. I think AI could have been really fun. Or AI could have gotten himself spotted in a lot of casinos yeah. <laughs> or a lot of places he shouldn't have been. The same thing with Michael Jordan would have been crucified yeah. in the social media era. Oh, yeah. man. All it takes is one camera phone. Of him blowing up at his teammates. Yeah. Or or being out at 4 a.m. the night before a Knicks playoff game. All right. I think that's probably a good place to jump off. Thank you guys for – well, not, not that you really went anywhere. You're already here anyway. But thank you for recording the podcast. We'll talk to you soon, and have a good one. All right. See you guys. See you guys. You've been listening to the Sixers Beat right here on LibertyBowlers.com and LibertyBroadcast.co.